you've got to think about it in the context of the workflow and the experience. And don't just go buying technologies or installing technologies because somebody says that's a good idea. Welcome to the Veterinary Leadership Success Podcast, the show for veterinary practice owners and managers who are eager to become the leaders their teams deserve. I'm your host, veterinarian and leadership expert, Dr. Dave Nichol, and each week I'll be diving into important topics from the world of veterinary team leadership. In these short, sharp and punchy episodes, I'll share my insights, experiences and practical tips to help you navigate the challenges of leadership in the veterinary profession. Whether it's head in the clouds vision casting or in the trenches leading for performance, we will cover it all. As an owner myself, I understand the unique dynamics and demands of running a successful veterinary practice. And I'm passionate about empowering you to create a workplace where people and pets can thrive. So if you're ready for your weekly leadership fix, let's dive in to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. I thought I'd do a little episode today about how technology can be an amazing thing for us as we develop our veterinary practices or could be a complete nightmare. And in my head, I've got a very recent experience of going to the doctor, my own physician, for something that could be a big problem, but probably isn't. And I'm going to describe this to you now. And it really spurred some thoughts about how we go about using technology and how do we maybe make better decisions so that we don't make the same dismal mistakes that our friends in the human medical profession seem to be making left, right and centre. So let's get into this. A few weeks ago, or a few months ago, I noticed when I was out swimming in open water and pretty cold water that I was starting to get a bit breathless. And I trained pretty hard. I'm training to compete at a reasonably high level in triathlon, a swim, bike, run. That places quite a lot of demands aerobically on your body. And I'm, I'm a fairly fit person, so not too worried that I have a heart disease or anything. But it was peculiar to me that here I am out in the English Channel swimming reasonably hard. And suddenly I start feeling this real tightness in my chest and I really don't feel I can breathe very well. And some of that was the temperature of the water, I'm sure. And I dismissed it as such at the time, thinking, well, you know, it's just that. You're in a wetsuit. Perhaps it was just that. Anyway, I did notice in early races in the season, something similar started to happen. And it was always early in a swim and always this tightness of the chest would, would sort of show up. So I thought, right better get this looked at because I uh, don't know what's going on there, but a bit odd. I can run fine. I can cycle fine. Something's happening there. And I was noticing breathlessness some other times, again, very intermittent. And, you know, that's not the sort of thing you want to ignore. So probably don't do the usual boy thing of ignoring it and pretending it'll all be better, but actually go seek some care. So I did what I thought was a sensible thing and contacted my GP. Problem one. You can't contact my GP any longer. You have to fill out a client submission form, a form that is very long, takes roughly 10 to 15 minutes to complete. I'm computer savvy, but imagine you weren't. It would be a bit of a nightmare. I complete this form with lots of weird fields that simply were almost as if they were asking me to diagnose myself and submit this form and somebody would assess the form and call me back. And nobody called me back. Now, me being me, being quite busy, 
completely forgot about this and the problem being quite intermittent went away. And so I didn't ignore it, but just fell out of my realm of consciousness till maybe a week, maybe a couple of weeks later. And, you know, it happened again. I thought, oh, nicely heard from the doctor. I better follow this up. So I got on the phone and the phone system goes through a lengthy process of trying very hard to make sure you don't stay on the phone. And so after about three or four minutes of going through this voice message and pushing various numbers through their phone system, I eventually speak to a human who is very apologetic, who's very lovely, and says, right, I'm really sorry about that. I'll have somebody contact you back. Now, the next thing that happens is I get a text message, apparently from a doctor saying, really sorry to hear of your symptoms. We'd like you to get a chest x-ray and a blood test via text. No instructions on how to do that. And then I get a message about two hours later saying a doctor will call you be available between and it was it was half past five half past six in the evening for the doctor to call you so I make myself available and I actually ironically have a swimming session at starting at seven o'clock and I made myself available for as long as I could up to that seven o'clock and nobody contacted me so I called the clinic back the next day went through another three or four minutes on their voicemail system and got through to another perfectly lovely receptionist who then told me that I could actually just go to a walk-in center and get an x-ray and that they would book me an appointment for a blood test and tell me when to come in, which they duly did. Now, bear in mind, we're two and a half weeks since my initial contact to the practice at this point. So I go away and I get a couple of texts back saying everything's normal from the results and that happens the bloods took about a week to come back chest x-ray came back very quickly so the chest x-ray bit was actually okay the walk-in center wasn't really walked in got a chest x-ray got a normal result very quickly okay all good what i do next no idea because nobody's communicating with me so a week goes after the the blood result comes back and i try responding to the text message i get an automated response from the text message saying your case has now been closed If you've got another problem, go back to the original form and resubmit it. So I call the practice for a third time, go through the three or four minutes, and now I speak to somebody who is, again, lovely and very apologetic, says a doctor will will have to assess your case again, and then the doctor will contact you back. So a doctor did eventually call me back three days after that. The doctor had zero awareness of anything that happened so far did not have access apparently to the form or the records that I'd submitted at length in the first instance. And we had a conversation at the end of which, you know, the outcome was pretty suboptimal. And at this point, there's been no physical examination. They've wasted not far off of a month on something that could be a serious breathing issue. Um, And they've done tests that may or may not have been useful But probably this is an issue that a GP, if you'd have seen a GP and they'd done a physical examination, would have been able to deal with in five to ten minutes flat. The reality is that this practice has decided to use technology in a way that's become almost so obstructive you cannot access care. And that's for a, a situation where you have some breathing difficulty. In other words... The technology is being used in a way... Now, I don't know the objectives here, okay? And perhaps there is an objective to make it harder for people to see the GP because medical services are under great pressure. One would like to think that's not the case, but who knows? I don't know what the objectives of the clinic are. But given it's called a well-being clinic, one hopes that's not the case. In which case, it does beg the question, why on earth use a system that has made an absolute mess out of patient care 
and is hugely inefficient, possibly dangerous, and likely to be racking up delays and expenses that are simply not necessary. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show. Um, and that led to me thinking about, okay, we exist in a time when technologies are evolving and showing up more rapidly than ever. There's such incredible advances just now. And COVID has certainly driven some of this, but some of the technologies available with AI computing now are driving some of this. And so there's, there's new technologies in terms of uh, how we communicate. There's pressure, legislative pressure, and I don't know if there's demand pressure for telemedicine, but there's certainly industry demand pressure for telemedicine. We've got technologies like ChatGPT that are making writing and communication and content production very, very cheap and very, very accessible. And it started to make me think that as a practice owner, we're facing a myriad of opportunities to sort of make decisions about things we bring into our practices to help us grow our businesses or to improve our businesses. And that what's important is that we don't make the same mistakes as our friends in the medical industry seem to be making, which is to create systems that lead to a very seriously diminished experience and level of care. And just thinking on the real poor experience I had, I thought, well, actually, if you could take the opposite of that, you could ask yourself some pretty simple questions whenever you're faced with the decision as to whether to invest in technology or not. And a lot of these technologies could be expensive, but some of them are actually very, very inexpensive. So here's my questions for deciding whether or not, or to certainly lead to a deeper exploration or understanding of whether a technology might be useful for you in your practice. So the first thing would be, can this technology be used to improve our customer experience? That's question one. Question two, can this technology or how can this technology be used to improve our clinical experience? And the last question is, how can this technology be used to improve our efficiency? So if you looked at the application that my physician has developed in terms of patient handling process, you would say, has it improved the customer experience? No. It's actually led to three times the number of calls reaching reception. It's led to no change in the sort of level of interaction with doctor, but a huge delay in the delivery of care and potentially the deployment of tests in what I would suggest are completely the wrong order. Like you'd never shoot for a chest x-ray and blood test first without taking a physical exam and taking a clinical history and performing a physical exam because 
it's effectively a shot in the dark. You're like putting a blindfold on, spinning around on the spot and hoping you'll hit the dartboard. It just isn't the right way of doing things. So did they think about how this technology could be used to improve our clinical quality? No, it led to a massive delay in that. And did it improve efficiency? Absolutely not. So those questions are great, but they've got to be considered in the broader context of what are your objectives and what is your mission as a practice? And whether it's going to invest in new technologies that are things like minimally invasive surgical technology, or whether it's going to be investing in things that are highly evolved and sophisticated communication technology, whether that's software automation or getting really good at working in Google Ads or using ChatGPT to improve your communications, your marketing communications, or to write your standards of care, or whether that is to use technology to improve the communication with customers, you've got to think about it in the context of the workflow and the experience. And don't just go buying technologies or installing technologies because somebody says that's a good idea. Because that to me is a good way to either waste money or to deteriorate the service that you're offering. You've got to plan these things into the, the bigger picture. And some of that means you've got to take a stand on what you think good quality care is and, and what that means in your practice. What is your standard of care? Okay, so I just wanted to share a little bit about a very poor experience I'd had with the human physician. And it really led to me thinking about what my customer experience is. And you know what the last thing there is? This practice has made no effort to gauge or gather support or feedback from their customers, i.e. us, the paying public. And I know the NHS in the United Kingdom is free, but we pay through the wazoo in taxes. So it's not free. And we should expect better. So they've failed to do those things and they're failing to measure the impacts of the system that they put in place. And my guess is that their team are sick fed up of clients, their customers moaning, complaining and being grumpy with them. And guess what that's going to do? That's just going to lead to increasing staff attrition because nobody wants to work in the place where everybody's grumpy. So when you're considering technology in your practice, definitely consider it. Investing in technology is a great way to improve your efficiency. It's a great way to improve so many things. Like ChatGPT currently is blowing my mind with how many applications that's got in practice. But don't just run into it blindly. Ask yourself some sensible questions. See what things fit. See what things don't. And make decisions that feel right to you. Don't run with a herd. All right, until next time on the Veterinary Leadership Success Show, you take care and I'll see you in the next episode. So that wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be most appreciated if you would leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends in veterinary medicine all about us. Until next time, from all of us here, be safe, be well, and be happy. Be happy.